to the podcast, episode number seven. So it's actually been a whole week of podcasting, uh, the very first week. So I want to thank you guys for joining. Um, again, we still have just four days left uh, to vote for Anna for Maximus Finest. So if you guys can definitely check that out. Um, again, you can vote through Facebook or you could do the warrior vote. If you do the warrior vote, uh, the funds do go towards Homes for, wound- for Wounded Warriors. Uh, so definitely a good cause. Uh, definitely check that out. Again, the link will be on all the platforms and right down there uh, on YouTube. So let's start the show. So we're going to start the show on kind of a sad note. Um, for those of you guys that live in Canada, specifically Toronto, you probably already know this. Um, but housing continues to become harder and harder for people to attain if they don't already have it. Um, so apparently what's going on with the interest rates going up in Canada, a little bit of economics to start us off. Uh, Canada is continuing to make it harder for young Canadians trying to buy their first house by continuing to make the rules harder as the prices continue to go up. So what I mean by that is that it's actually harder to qualify uh, to even get a mortgage to get a house uh, because of the tests that they run to see if you'd be capable of being able to pay back the mortgage uh, over a period of time with an interest rate. So it's kind of interesting uh, to see that the rules that they're making is actually doing the opposite of what it's intended to do. It's making it harder uh, for people that want to get a house to get a house um, and it's making it easier for the people that already have houses to continue to you know, buy multiple houses and things like that. So, um, you know, kind of disappointing to see that, but definitely something that I'm going to be talking about probably a lot on this podcast. Uh, so I definitely wanted to uh, talk about it today. Um, but on a lighter note, uh, Bob Ross, who host, or used to host a painting show on, I believe, PBS. Um, he once had uh, an entire painting only using the colors white and gray. Uh, after being, f- after hearing from a frustrated fan who said that they can't uh, paint because they're colorblind, so he took on that challenge and he painted with white and gray, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, that was a tweet from Uberfax. Um, another interesting tweet came from Earthpicks. Uh, if you guys don't follow them on Twitter, at Earthpigs. Uh, there was a Siberian husky that was walking on a frozen lake. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting picture, so I retweeted that. It actually kind of looks like it's walking on water, which is actually pretty cool, the effect there. Another interesting tweet from Uberfax, they said that Lego uh, doesn't make any military-themed sets because the creator didn't want to make war seem like child's play. So I thought that was an interesting tweet as well. Um, and then History and Pictures, or at History and Pics on Twitter, uh, tweeted out this picture of Microsoft in 1978. Um, and you can see everybody that's there. And Bill Gates is there at the bottom left. Uh, out of everybody, he probably looks like the biggest nerd, and he's, I think, one of the few people that doesn't even wear any glasses, so um, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, another tweet 
which was interesting, came from John Williams. He asked uh, Eric Bischoff, so this is a, a wrestling tweet, um, are you going to buy Impact Wrestling and make pro wrestling great again? And Eric Bischoff said, he's not in the market for a clown car. I thought that was pretty funny. At Bullet Club Italy tweeted out um, an interesting tweet saying, on this day three years ago, this scary moment happened to Seth Rollins. And what it was was he was trying to go into the ring as the cage was being lowered. It's kind of hard to tell from this image, but for the first time that I've seen it, they actually had a spike at the bottom of the cage to kind of go down into like a, a hole to hold it in place. But Seth Rollins was like inches away from that pole coming down on his back as he was trying to get into the ring and impaling him. Uh, luckily, he rolled out of the way and it looked like the guy that's operating the cage kind of stopped it uh, before it would have been too late. Uh, that would have been a really crazy situation. Um, but that was definitely a scary moment that happened on Raw. Um, feels like it wasn't that long ago, but it was already three years ago, so uh, we can all feel a little bit older now. Um, we're definitely going to be talking a lot about hurricanes, uh, Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Irma, um, both of those hurricanes, you know, so much uh, to talk about with them, so much about them on the news, um, you know, everybody's thoughts, prayers, um, well wishes, everything going out to those guys um, that are being affected by both of those hurricanes. Um, the Hill tweeted out though, and I think this is interesting because um, you look at some Republicans and in the past they voted against uh, hurricane relief bills and Ted Cruz is actually one of those people and um, you know I feel like the right thing to do is to shed some light on this. Uh, I feel like the right thing to do is to make people aware of this um, because I think politicians should be held accountable for what they do and especially uh, somebody like Ted Cruz who's in the past has voted against hurricane relief but as the Hill reports here he voted for the Harvey aid bill um, after previously voting against the Sandy aid bill. So very much a hypocrite. Um, it seems like he's only interested in that type of aid if it's his state that's impacted. Um, so wrong on so many levels and I think the more that the public is aware of that, hopefully the more likely it is that people will call him out for that and you know at the end of the day hopefully they vote him out of office because I think he's a fool. I don't think he does anything good for the government. Um, you know, and this is just one one of many, which I'm sure we'll be discussing in, in many future podcasts, uh, one of many things that shows him to be a hypocrite and a fool. Um, then there was a, a press uh, briefing, I guess you can call it, um, where the budget director for the White House spoke with the media, um, and I thought it was pretty interesting to hear what he had to say. Um, he strikes me, he said some foolish things in the past, especially about tax reform, um, which we'll also be talking about, um, but he um, a lot of times comes off as one of the more competent people in the White House, which is 
you know, very rare. Um, so I thought I would play this clip for you guys so you could hear what he has to say about uh, the hurricane and uh, working with the Democrats to get a deal done for the debt ceiling. The president is a very results-driven person. He wants to see results. And right now, he wants to see results on Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Irma, and tax reform. And so an opportunity to work with the Democrats on this particular issue at this particular time to get those things done. We would love, love, love to continue to work with Republicans and will to get tax reform done, to get uh, infrastructure done, to address, again, the debt ceiling uh, and, and the omnibus appropriations, which is coming in December. We look forward to and will work with Republicans. But what you saw this week was a chance to work with Democrats in order to get things done, and that's what we did. Is this going to pass with the majority? With the majority? How, much, um, how much concern in there was there about having to have a debt ceiling vote during an election year? And also, should Texas have to ante up some of its rainy day fund? Uh, to help deal with this. Uh, to the first part of your question, I, there was not a single question about a debt ceiling vote in an election year in that, in that conference. And number two, yes, I think everybody expects, uh, as we do in every particular state, that uh, disaster relief, disaster mitigation, helping, uh, helping uh, disaster survivors is, is a joint venture between the states and the federal government. This is a proper role of the federal government to get involved with these major disasters, but uh, we will absolutely continue to look to the states to also participate. Thanks so much, but I have to go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, you know, continuing to talk about hypocrisy uh, in politics, um, which I know isn't that rare, um, it didn't just stop with Ted Cruz. It went on to uh, the state of North Carolina. Um, Brian Murphy tweeted out that seven North Carolina GOP representatives voted no on the hurricane and debt ceiling government funding package. Uh, I tweeted out to that, um, let's remember this for if Hurricane Irma hits North Carolina at some point. You know, just being realistic here. Um, what, how would they vote if that happens? You know, um, very much like Ted Cruz, I think that it's pathetic that anybody in government would not vote for hurricane relief uh, for the victims of what's going on. You know, um, if you don't want to spend that money, then you had better be on the side of trying to investigate more about climate change. Because if you're against both of those things, I honestly don't know what the hell you're doing in government because you're just obstructing at that point. You're not trying to find out about the cause of why these hurricanes are as powerful as they are. You're not trying to provide aid for the people that are impacted by the hurricanes. You're just trying to stop government, period. And what the hell good does that do for anybody? It does no good, right? Because at the end of the day, the government's going to keep going no matter what. It doesn't matter who is in office. The government is going to continue to function. Um, you know, and uh, it's frustrating to see that people are voting for these obstructionists that aren't doing anything for them or anybody else. They're literally just voting no for everything they want for the government not to spend anything um, but it's too late for that. At the end of the day, you know, the country's in debt. That debt's going to continue. It's going to require deficits each year um, until they actually get their acts together and get the surplus again. Um, 
you know, that's how government is. You have to spend money to make money. It's how life is. And, uh, you know, these guys don't seem to understand that. Um, they don't seem to understand a lot of things, um, including climate change. But, um, yeah, very disappointing to see seven North Carolina representatives vote against the hurricane relief bill. Um, you know, I, I don't understand it, you know. Um, if the reasoning is because it's also part of the debt ceiling and the government funding package, I think that's a ridiculous argument. And I think that uh, the more important thing there is the aid. Um, you know, uh, if, if you are totally unfamiliar with how government works, when bills get sent, uh, you know, throughout Congress, a lot of times they'll add things to it, right? Because they know it's a bill that might pass. Um, this is no different. Um, so for them to pretend like they're not, they're shocked by that or they're outraged, they're not going to vote for this just because the debt ceiling is included, um, the debt ceiling should be approved anyways. Um, you know, I, these are the same Republicans that uh, were giving blank checks to George W. Bush and the mili military industrial complex for all of those wars, um, and now all of a sudden they don't want to spend money. I think that that's fucking ridiculous, to be honest. Um, so Gray Obelisk tweeted out, um, Lesson, if you want the government to work, you need bipartisan support. I hope Mitch and Paul are paying attention. Which, of course, they aren't, because those two are two of the most ignorant people in Congress. Um, you just look at how they talk to the media, and you look at, you look at how they carry themselves. Um, these are two people that think their shit doesn't stink, when in fact it really does. Um, it stinks so much that even Donald Trump doesn't want to work with them. He's working with the Democrats instead. So um, when you're talking about people that ignorant and that full of shit, um, I don't think they do pay attention to things like that. And I think that that's a shame because I agree with what Gray is saying there. I think the government works best when there is bipartisan support and both parties work together to get things done. Um, and that's something that we have not been seeing from this government uh, for a long, long time. Uh, this debt ceiling agreement that Trump worked out with uh, the Democrats is the first time in a long time that we've seen uh, bipartisan support. So hopefully it continues. I'd love to see it continue. Um, but I have my doubts on that. Um, then there was a, an interesting hashtag that was going around yesterday that was very popular. It was hashtag clever wireless network names. Uh, so there's a bunch of really good ones I wanted to share with you guys. One of them, which I thought was awesome, I'm actually thinking of renaming my wireless network to this, One Virus Found. Um, if you want a way to make sure that other people don't connect to your network, that's probably a really awesome way to do it. Um, scares the hell out of everybody else that's trying to, to use your network. So, um, yeah, like I, I think that that's an awesome uh, wireless network name. Another really good one was the Clinton email server. I thought that was pretty good. Another one, which I thought was really funny, was every day I'm buffering, buffering. I thought that was good. Uh, somewhere in Anaheim, Disneyland, LAN, local area network. That was pretty cute. Um, and then going back to Hurricane Irma, because let's be honest, nowadays, um, 
it's one of the biggest things in the news. And, and you know, we've been talking about hurricanes all week long, um, Hurricane Irma especially. Um, but it's interesting to see how the trajectory of the hurricane uh, has changed. Um, it's been downgraded to a Category 4, but the path, the trajectory of the hurricane has been altered a little bit. Um, this trajectory was made as of Friday morning. And basically, it was saying that it was going to kind of go slightly over Cuba and just go plow right through the whole state of Florida, uh, kind of going like throughout the whole thing. It looked like it was going to hit, in particular, Miami and just like go straight through the state, which would have been devastating. Luckily, it looks like things have changed a little bit. And I say luckily, but obviously, um, you know, there, there's still a lot of people being impacted. Um, what happened was the path of the hurricane it kind of went a little bit more over Cuba than this pathway shows and then its turning point is a little bit more to the left of Florida so Miami might be impacted but it looks like a place like Tampa uh, Tampa Florida may end up getting the worst of it and you know one of the interesting things about Hurricane Irma right now is that it's currently downgraded to category 4 um, I'm sure if you guys were watching the news yesterday, you probably saw that a lot. Um, but it's downgraded to Category 4. It's a difference of one miles an hour. Literally just one mile an hour difference. So it's at 155, and it's Category 4. To be Category 5, it has to be 156. Um, so pretty crazy stuff. Um, it's expected now that Hurricane Irma will hit uh, Florida at 2 a.m. on Sunday now. So that's the new projection. Um, really, really crazy stuff. Um, you know, and, and everybody's thoughts are with the people of Cuba, uh, everybody in the Caribbean there, um, and now everybody's attention is being turned towards Florida. Um, you know, just really, really crazy stuff going on with that hurricane. And these were some interesting shots. Uh, Hurricane Irma is clearly visible from the International Space Station. Um, and these are just like mind-blowing images from the International Space Station of Hurricane Irma. Um, you see like the size of it, uh, as they're saying from the International Space Station there, um, one of the most powerful hur hurricanes that they've ever seen in the Atlantic. Um, and you can tell from the size of it, you can see the eye of the hurricane um, in all of those images. Um, just really, really scary stuff uh, with this hurricane. Um, on a lighter note, uh, after the podcast yesterday, uh, I was doing some research for the today's show. Um, I say research, but I was just you know looking around online for for content and stuff to talk about, um, which I love to do. Um, one of the things that I saw was on YouTube, and it was something I found really interesting, a really cool idea for a show, uh, but apparently it's already had a few seasons of episodes, so I'm a little bit behind on that, um, but it's a show called X's Play Truth or Drink. Um, I recommend it, guys. Uh, it, w it was uh, a very interesting, very funny show, um, where basically uh, two exes would be sitting together um, and they would ask each other questions, kind of like truth or dare, but truth or drink, 
basically, you know, you would either answer the question or you would take a shot. Um, I, I thought it was a really, really, really interesting show. Some of the stories that came out that for the questions were really hilarious. Um, you know, when they decided not to answer questions and take shots instead, that was pretty funny too. Um, yeah, and it, I thought it was an awesome idea for a show. Um, I'm surprised I didn't know about it, but apparently it's been going on for seasons. So if, if you are like me and you didn't know about it, highly recommend it. Check it out on YouTube. It's called X's Play Truth or Drink. I thought it was a really good show. Uh, so the Financial Times, on a little bit darker of a note, uh, tweeted out the other day, nearly half of working-age American men who are not in the labor force take painkillers on a daily basis. Um, so here they show a breakdown of that. 53% do not take any pain medication. 20% uh, prescription pain medication. 16% over-the-counter pain medication and then 11% take both prescription and over-the-counter pain medication so um, definitely a huge epidemic uh, going on uh, with pain medication um, you know it's, it's difficult to see that going on um, especially with this specific stat uh, basically saying that people that are not in the workforce right now in particular are on these pain medications so um, you know very sad story um, hopefully uh, you know things can change if the government gets more involved and they, they try to help these people um, not just with possible addiction to these medications but um, you know what is the reason why they're on these pain medications that stat would say um, probably not being in the workforce depression um, things like that so um, you know ho hopefully the government can kind of get its act together and kind of focus more on this issue because it's continuing thankfully to get more play from the media um, it's it's starting to get more attention from uh, voters as well so hopefully the government can kind of act I know Donald Trump has come out and said uh, certain things about opioid addiction uh, in the states um, Trudeau has kind of said a few things, but not, not too much about it in Canada. Um, hopefully, we'll start to see more in both countries when it comes to that particular issue. Um, another interesting story which came out um, about the new movie that's going to be coming out soon, Blade Runner 2049. Uh, Jared Le Leto, Leto, not sure how you pronounce it, uh, blinded himself using contact lenses to get into character for the film. So if you've seen the trailer, um, you've seen that he's wearing these really funky looking contacts. Um, he looks to be the bad guy in the film. Um, Jared Leto, I'm torn on. Obviously, uh, very talented individual. Uh, 30 Seconds to Mars is his band. Um, I've seen him in some good movies. Uh, you know, Requiem for a Dream comes to mind, or, yeah, Requiem for a, a Dream, um, where he played an addict, I thought that that was uh, a really good film. Um, you look at Suicide Squad, though, where he played the Joker, and I think that left a lot to be desired. I think the problem for Jared, though, when it came to that was that 
the way he was playing the Joker was a little bit crazy. It wasn't the typical Joker character. Um, so I don't think it really flew with a lot of people. It didn't really fly with me. Um, and I think also people were comparing it to previous performances uh, of the Joker. And, um, you know, the latest being, you know, with the Dark Knight franchise, um, you know, it, it didn't live up to that. Um, you know, and it didn't live up to uh, the Michael Keaton era Batman movies either, I didn't think. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go see Blade Runner 2049 in theaters. I wasn't really that big of a fan of the original. That might tear the hearts out of a lot of the viewers and listeners that might love Blade Runner. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I like some sci-fi movies. There's some sci-fi movies that, you know, I, I, I watch them, but I'm just like, okay, it's not really that great. Blade Runner was one of those movies for me, but I know there's like a huge passionate like cult following for that movie. Um, so I'm sure Blade Runner 2049 will do well in theaters. I'll watch it. I don't know when. I might watch it on the Movie Network or HBO. Um, I might buy it if it comes on iTunes for $10, um, but I don't think I would pay full ticket price and popcorn to go see it at Cineplex or in theaters. So, um, yeah, I'm not too excited about that film, but I will see it at some point for sure. Um, just the Blade Runner franchise for me never really never really captured my imagination. It wasn't really something that I, I got into. I did see it, um, but I, I just never really enjoyed it that much. Um, so the next thing I wish I could play for you guys, but it's like 18 minutes long. Uh, it would be worth playing, but um, for one thing, I'm pretty sure I would get kicked off of YouTube if I did play it. Uh, so instead, what I'll do is I'll recommend it to you guys. Uh, so if you guys go on YouTube after watching this, of course, um, check out Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Chances are it's probably still trending on YouTube as one of the top videos because uh, it is hilarious. Um, but it, it's, it's an episode where he's talking about nuclear waste. It's about 18 minutes long. Um, and it is, as always with John Oliver, just hilarious from beginning to end. I was literally, literally like tears were coming down my face. I was laughing so hard. If I was to play it for you guys right now, you probably wouldn't even hear the audio because I'd, you'd hear me laughing more than you'd hear John Oliver. Um, so it's probably for the best that I re just recommended to you guys to watch rather than play it because you probably wouldn't be able to hear it. I would be laughing so hard. Um, but yeah, like he just... He, he, he's always got a way of uh, just making you laugh out loud, um, but at the same time informing you about something that isn't really covered that much by the media. And, and a lot of times it's, it's really important issues. Uh, like nuclear waste is, is, is a subject that a lot of people don't think about, a lot of people forget about it, um, but uh, he's absolutely right. Like it's been an issue um, you know, since the 70s and 80s what to do with it, even really before that, but um, he, he pointed that out, like a, a, a news video from the 70s about it, and uh, yeah, it, it's a really good video, very informative, but also extremely funny. Um, it was, I think out of everything that I saw yesterday, it was the funniest thing that I saw. Um, so, you know, on my scale of praise, that's about as, as high a praise I can give it, um, definitely guys check it out it's worth the 18 minutes 
Um, you'll thank me later, I, I guarantee it. Um, so, I definitely was tweeting out, and I appreciate everybody that is uh, watching us on YouTube, uh, but just as a reminder to everybody, uh, you can also listen to us on a number of diff different awesome platforms, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, and TuneIn. Uh, so if you haven't already subscribed or listened on those platforms, definitely check them out. Uh, just another way that you guys can consume and take in uh, Papa John's Brain Droppings, uh, some really, really awesome platforms. Uh, so Donald Trump tweeted out yesterday, uh, Republicans, sorry, but I've been hearing about repeal and replace for seven years. It didn't happen. Even worse, the Senate filibuster rule will, and then he just kind of goes off into other tweets. But um, this is interesting. This is extremely interesting to see Donald Trump uh, start to become a little bit more introspective, which I never thought he was capable of. Um, but it's interesting to see how even Donald Trump now is seeing uh, the failings of the Republican Congress. And what's really interesting now is that it looks like he's trying to separate himself from the Republican Congress, uh, which could really, let's be honest, fuck them up in the 2018 midterm elections. Because if he really does push himself away and he just basically points the finger like, look at these guys in Congress, they're not getting anything done. Um, man like uh that could have huge implications um and you you know like the thing about donald trump is that he's not predictable everybody knows that um but it would be on another level if he just continues to work with the democrats and continues to push away the republicans um and and to me it shows like how dysfunctional republicans have become. Um, now again, is Donald Trump the traditional Republican candidate? No. Um, you know, if you watch the Republican primary in the election season last year, and, and you know, actually it was really the last two years because the election cycle is so long, you saw a passionate group of Republicans just trying to force Trump out um, because they probably saw that this was coming. Um, but, you know, maybe this is what the Republicans need to rebuild themselves, I hope. You know, I would love to see the Republicans become uh, what they used to be, which was, you know, a more moderate party, a party that was willing to negotiate and work with Democrats, and a party that, you know, was more fiscally conservative, but didn't go to extremes like the Republican Party of today does. Um, I would love to see that happen. Do I think it's going to happen? No. You know, we live in the age of Fox News Republicans. We live in the age of, you know, uh, alt-right Republicans. Um, they've hijacked that party. But, you know, that doesn't mean that that party can't be saved. It doesn't mean that the people that are moderate Republican voters can't show up to vote and change that. Um, nothing is beyond saving. So... Hopefully it does change. Hopefully this is the start of something. Um, you know, it's hilarious that it takes Donald Trump to point it out to people, but um, you know, maybe, maybe this will be the starting point for change in the Republican Party. We can hope.
Um, Jeet here tweeted out, Trump talks about the Republicans as if they were some foreign entity and he wasn't the head of the party. That's true too, you know. Um, as I was saying yesterday in the podcast, you know, I put most of my anger and frustration uh, and I direct it towards the Republican Congress, right? Um, the reason for that is because I know that they're the guys that are supposed to be making laws and they're not, right? Um, but at the same time, even though the presidency in a lot of ways is just a figurehead, um, you do have the ability publicly to come out and to create an agenda for Congress, right? And Trump has, but he's failed at doing that, right? All that he's done is instead of shown his vision for Congress, he's basically been a microphone for Paul Ryan um, in a lot of ways. Like he's, his first thing when he, he's been in office, repeal and replace Obamacare. Um, is that his idea or is that Paul Ryan's idea? I would say it's Paul Ryan's idea because he spent, as Trump said himself now, the last seven years, you know, bitching about it. Um, well, seven years later, did he pass anything? No. And that shows how ineffective Paul Ryan is as the speaker. It also shows how ineffective Donald Trump is not to have the foresight to see that this could be an issue and not to have a vision of his own. Um, you know, both of those things are true, right? Um, and even though I might personally hold the Republicans in Congress more accountable than I would Donald Trump, um, I still have a certain level of anger and frustration towards Donald Trump because that tweet is absolutely right. He's not innocent here. You know, it is his party. Um, he is the president. He gets to create the agenda for Congress. And more importantly, he should be negotiating with everybody in Congress to try and help get things passed, just as much as the Speaker should, just as much as McConnell should in the Senate. And he has not been effective at that so far. Another tweet, uh, what a week for the Republicans. See your own party's president cozy up to the Democrats and now this direct swipe. And I would agree, but again, that seems to be more directed at Donald Trump doing these things. I think it should be directed at the Republicans in Congress. You know, uh, these things aren't just happening by happenstance. They're happening for a reason. They're happening because things aren't getting done in Congress. Uh, Conan O'Brien, on a, on a lighter note, tweeted out, uh, for a guy with a billion dollars and a cool car, Elon Musk is kind of a downer. Uh, so going back to what we were talking about on a previous podcast where Elon Musk was talking about artificial intelligence and how that could lead to World War III and possible Armageddon, um, I think Conan uh, made a good joke there because he's right. You know, somebody that's as successful as Elon Musk, um, you know, it's interesting to see how doom and gloom he is when it comes to artificial intelligence. Um, Tim and Sid, a show that I love to watch when it comes to sports, they tweeted out um, before yesterday, um, actually no, a few days ago now, uh, so I'm a little bit behind when it comes to this. Um, they tweeted out, uh, are the Patriots good enough to run the table this season? It shows Tom Brady there, 16-0. and 0. Um, Obviously, this post did not age well, Tim and Sid said, and they're absolutely right. They're already 0-1, thanks to the Chiefs. Um, in what was a very interesting game, it turned out to be. Um, you know, I honestly didn't watch it live because uh, 
you know, I was thinking, you know, I'll be honest, I was thinking what I think a lot of people were thinking about that game. It's the Patriots, and the Patriots are playing the Chiefs. You know, you're talking about Alex Smith. There's there's no way. And sure enough, there was a way. I watched the game back uh, as soon as I found out what the score was, and it was a very good game. You know, it was so close towards the end, and then all of a sudden Kansas City, they just ran away with it. So a lot of credit to Kansas City. I'm actually now really interested to see. I've got to give Kansas City credit. I'm interested to see what they do. I'm also interested to see how the Patriots rebound off of this. I don't think that uh, the Patriots are, are going to continue their downfall here. Um, usually when their backs are up against the wall, they figure things out too. So um, I, I still have faith in Bill Belichick and uh, Tom Brady. Um, but it's interesting now. Their season is 0-1 to start. So we'll see what happens with that. Another interesting story uh, which came out uh, late yesterday was that the LCBO in Canada and Ontario uh, will actually be running up 150 standalone marijuana stores when weed is legalized. Um, so I think that is going to be extremely interesting. Um, part of me thinks that that story is hilarious just to read that that's, that's out there. Um, but another part of me thinks that, you know, that's long overdue. Um, you know, if you look at the benefits for marijuana, uh, to me, they far outweigh the negatives. And again, like, what negatives are we talking about here? Um, very few, you know? So it's interesting to see that, you know, already they've got in place 150 LCBO stores that will be selling marijuana when it becomes legalized. Um, you know, I, I, I think that this is something that's long overdue. Um, you look at the impacts of marijuana compared to, let's say, alcohol, which the LCBO does sell, um, very, very mild compared to alcohol, right? Um, you know, so it, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see that. Um, and hopefully the U.S. takes note. You know, I'm, I'm happy to see Canada um, kind of take this step forward. Um, they're not the first, obviously, in Europe. Uh, you know, you, you've, you've got Amsterdam, you've got a number of places that have already uh, decriminalized marijuana, that have already legalized marijuana, um, you know. But in North America, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what transpires here. You know, will this eliminate the crime element for marijuana? Um, you know, how much money will the government take in terms of taxes for marijuana? Um, you know, because you look at Colorado, you look at California, um, and you're seeing some really good things uh, in terms of uh, tax, tax money coming into those states. Uh, the same thing could be true here in Canada. Same thing could be true here in Canada. The same thing could be true in Ontario. So that will be very interesting to watch and see how that happens. And, you know, just the impact on society. Um, you know, this, this could really be uh, a difference maker. Um, people that maybe didn't smoke marijuana or, you know, have edibles or things like that um, because it was illegal. Um, you know, it, it would be interesting to see if this changes their mind, um, if more people do uh, smoke marijuana, uh, you know, have edibles, things like that. So, um, you know, very, very interesting times that we're living in. Um, and a sign of progress, I think. Um, you know, I, I, it'll be very, very interesting to see what happens with this.
Um, so the other thing is, uh, this podcast, uh, we've got a lot of things going. Number one, you know, we're, we're very happy that in the very first week, and you know, this is episode seven, so it has been one full week uh, of podcasting, uh, that we've been able to hit every single platform that we want to be on. Um, you know, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on iTunes, we're on podcast.com, our wonderful hosts, um, we're on Stitcher, we're on TuneIn, uh, so we're on seven of the best platforms that you could possibly be on, and uh, you know we're so excited about that. We feel blessed to be uh, a part of all of those platforms, and even more blessed to have the support of you guys that are watching and you guys that are listening. Um, you know, and it's 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 awesome to see this thing grow organically um, by people commenting, by people sharing with their friends. Um, you know, sharing on, on social media, um, you know, liking, commenting, all those things, reviewing on iTunes, um, all of those things are, are, it's heartwarming to see and it's awesome to see. Um, in just one week, uh, how much has happened, it's been fun. Um, and it, I know it's going to continue to be fun, but um, I, I don't know if it, it, will, it will ever be as, as fun as the first, this first week, like to see everything come together. Um, and, and so much credit goes to you guys uh, for you know, spreading the word, for watching, for listening, um, and all the support. It, it's, it's been awesome. So uh, obviously we want it to continue, and I know it will, um, but it, it's, it's going to be fun to continue to watch this thing grow organically. Um, and part of it growing, and this is something that's going to happen down the road, it's not anytime soon, but we've got the prototypes out. Uh, we tweeted out uh, that there's future merchandise ideas coming for the Papa John's Brain Droppings podcast. Uh, so we're actually going to be making, at first, shirts, but we're looking at hats, we're looking at a number of different products that we can put out there for people to wear and, and you know, represent the podcast. Um, so we're, we're looking at two different designs for shirts. One of them would be a white shirt with uh, kind of like a red raglan style uh, shirt um, with the Papa John's official Brain Droppings logo. Um, so, you know, if you can't really see that too well from the screen, uh, definitely I encourage you guys to go on Twitter uh, to check that out, uh, twitter.com slash thejohndnewton, and you guys will see that image. Um, very, very cool shirt. As soon as we get those made, uh, I know those things will be going off the shelves. Uh, I'll definitely be rocking some of those shirts as well. Um, very, very cool design. I can't wait to get started on, on making those things. Um, the other one, I think equally as cool, uh, some of you guys might even like it more, uh, it's, it's a classic uh, gray t-shirt uh, with a video game controller uh, that says Papa John's Brain Droppings uploaded all the time. Um, yeah, it's a really, really cool design. Uh, so both of those shirts will be available in the near future. Um, very excited about that. Uh, if you're interested, definitely hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, you can comment. Um, you know, even reviews on iTunes, like anywhere that you can comment and get in touch with us. Uh, let us know if you'd be interested. Let us know like which design you like best. Um, and that'll give us an idea on, you know, how many we should make for each and get those out there. Eventually, we'll, we'll even have like a store set up uh, so that you guys can even uh, vote for different things. Uh, so hats, things like that. Um, 
the company that makes these even makes panties, believe it or not. Uh, I was dying laughing, but um, yeah, you know, if, if, you, if you're uh, a lady out there that watches the show that would be interested in Papa John's brain dropping panties, let us know. We could definitely make that happen too. Um, I would be dying laughing if we actually did make that. Um, but it, it's out there, you know, it's, it's a possibility. So uh, let us know if that would be something that you'd be interested in. And, uh, we, you know, we can make that happen. We can put that in the store as well. Um, but some really, really cool stuff going on for Papa John's Brain Dropping Podcast in just the first week. Um, you know, so, so happy to see all these things going on. Um, you know, and, and so, uh, so honored and, and blessed to have you guys watching and listening. Um, you know, and, and I can't say enough how much we appreciate that. Um, another interesting story, uh, going back to the news, um, the Toronto Sun. So the Toronto Sun had a story yesterday that said that search crews say they found a test model of the Avro Aero on the floor of Lake Ontario. So Avro Aero, for those of you guys that don't know, was one of the top of the line uh pieces of technology that Canada's ever produced at the time. Um, and it was so controversial that they actually had to end it. Um, and there's a, there's movies out about it. Um, I highly recommend you guys uh, check out movies about the Avro Arrow. Very, very interesting uh, subject of a time when Canada was um, truly one of the top innovators when it came to this type of technology, and it was almost like it happened too soon. Um, other countries were encouraging Canada to discontinue Avro Aero. Um, so very interesting, lots of controversy, um, and a subject that I'm, I'm definitely interested in. Uh, so it was interesting to hear that story from the Toronto Sun. Um, an interesting phrase that I wanted to share with you guys, an interesting brain dropping, when the tide recedes and you see who's not wearing swimming trunks. So kind of a random brain dropping there, but one that I thought was funny, but true, uh, I wanted to share with you guys. Um, the other thing was kind of like a, a callback. Um, way, way back, uh, you know, we were talking about Bitcoin the other day. Uh, there was a hacking for a Magic the Gathering group uh, that used Bitcoin. Uh, some of you guys might remember that, it was a while ago. Uh, but when that happened, I was saying that it turned out it was easier to steal cryptocurrency than cards, because, you know, Magic the Gathering is a, a card game, uh, Bitcoin obviously, cryptocurrency. Um, it was interesting to see that uh, the people that hacked that were able to get the cryptocurrency and not the cards. Um, so that you know, was pretty interesting. Um, the other thing, talking still about economics, kind of, uh, Bernie Madoff, um, a lot of you guys may not know this, but Bernie Madoff was actually the head of the credit rating agency for the types of funds he was rated under. Um, that was something that was in the news at the time, but it kind of flew under the radar. Um, so I definitely wanted to share that with you guys. Um, it's something that I knew about before, but I saw it again uh, yesterday and I was like, you know what? I want to put it out there again because I guarantee you there's a lot of people that don't know that about Bernie Madoff and that just kind of shows you like how crazy uh, the economy is sometimes. Uh, the other tweet that was interesting again going back to Hurricane Irma, uh, the praying me medic tweeted out, 
as the storm approaches, the water level drops, then rises. Uh, so Miami Beach showing a three-foot drop, and you can see that there. There's the beach, and there's how much water has dropped. And there you see the waves there uh, as Hurricane Irma approaches. Uh, so some really scary stuff there for Miami Beach. Um, another interesting thought, another interesting brain dropping from Billionaire Mindset. Um, either you run the day or the day runs you. I thought that was an uh, interesting thought. Um, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes the day does run you as opposed to you running the day. Um, you know, uh, actually for me that happened yesterday, the day actually ran me. At first I thought I was running the day, you know, and sometimes that happens too. Like you start off the day and everything's going, you know, as you planned it. And then all of a sudden the day can kind of take over you. Um, so hopefully uh, you guys are controlling the day and not the other way around. Um, Ashley Feinberg tweeted out, I too casually arrange photographs of my 100 children to face outwards so I can only see the back of the frames. Um, so here, for those of you guys who can see it, it's Donald Trump Jr. and he's got images of his kids except the pictures are all turned away from him at his desk. <laughs> really bizarre. Um, both him and Eric, I think, strike a lot of people as bizarre. Um, and then there was this story, which I found to be uh, truly emotional and truly, um, you know, a, a sign of the good in people, you know. Um, this was a tweet from Ryan Fournier, and it says, This lady's father is on oxygen. She broke down when realizing the last generator was taken. And obviously this is with the hurricane. Uh, this man insisted that she takes his generator. Um, such a powerful moment there. Um, and and you, you see the good in people in, in, in that, that, those images. Um, and, and I wanted to share that with you guys because it's so powerful. Even like right now, like I'm getting emotional just like watching it, thinking about it. Um, it it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, you hate to say that it's rare that you see that, but sometimes it is in, in life. Um, but when you see it, it hits you like right in the heart. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's good to see. You know, you wish you saw more of that in life. Um, but when you do see it, you recognize it. You know, it, it can make you emotional as it did for both of them there. Um, but you know, he did the right thing there. And um, it was so selfless and um, yeah, you know, like I, I don't want to talk too much more about it, or I'm afraid I might cry. Um, but it, it's it's uh, it's good to see, definitely very good to see. Um, so going back to the Hill, we've talked about Ted Cruz, we've talked about those seven North Carolina representatives, and now the Hill's reporting that there are also four more Texas Republicans that voted against the Harvey aid package. Um, that's, that's all you can do is sigh. Like, um, words, you start to run out of words to say uh, without sounding like you're on repeat. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's mind-boggling, man. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Another hard to believe uh, 
tweet, two Florida Republican representatives also voted against Harvey Aid today. There's literally a record-breaking hurricane aiming for their entire state. So another, uh, so another uh, heartbreaking tweet. Uh, two Florida Republican representatives voted against the Harvey aid today. Uh, there's literally a record-breaking hurricane aiming for their entire state. Um, just unbelievable. Um, you know, and again, to the voters in those states, I hope you're paying attention. I hope you're paying very close attention. And I hope that you vote these fools out of office because it's unconscionable. It's, it's, uh, you know, we were just talking about, and that's the shame of this, we were just talking about the good in people. And here we're putting a, a magnifying glass to the absolute worst in people. Um, just unbelievably horrible politics. Um, and it's not even... You can't even blame politics because it's not politics. It's just fucking uh, absolutely um, despicable, absolutely just mind-numbingly stupid. Um, the fate of all these representatives are in those voters' hands, and I hope that those voters do the right thing and vote those fools out of office because it's unbelievable that they would vote against the the hurricane relief aid and uh, those guys deserve to be voted out of office in my opinion um, and George R. Mutt uh, did us all a favor and let us know the names of those fools uh, so I wanted to broadcast that directly on this podcast so those of you guys that are living in Texas that were impacted by Hurricane Harvey or even if you weren't impacted by Hurricane Harvey, but you're as disgusted as I am about the fact that these people represent your state and they don't feel like they should pass hurricane relief aid. Um, I just wanted to share with you guys the names of those people so that you guys can maybe you know take note of it. Uh, when you guys are ready to vote for the next election, make sure that you make your voice heard against these fools. Um, so the first one is Representative Joe Barton. So again, that's Representative Joe Barton. Uh, if you live in Texas, remember that name. Uh, the other one is Jeb Hensarling. So that's Jeb Hensarling. The third name is Sam Johnson. And the fourth, fourth name is Mac Thornberry. So again, Joe Barton, Jeb Hensarling, Sam Johnson, and Mac Thornberry. Um, so you guys are in Texas remember those names and you know if you're as outraged as I am that they didn't vote for uh, Hurricane Harvey relief uh, please make sure that your vote is counted please make sure that your voice is heard and hopefully that you guys uh, vote these fools out of office because it's uh, it's not politics it's not a game when you're talking about people's lives and rebuilding those lives um, and I think that these people don't take that seriously. I think these people have uh, some really flawed uh, priorities. And I think that, uh, you know, maybe they don't deserve to be in office. And I, I hope that you guys in Texas feel the same. And I hope that you guys in Texas, uh, you know, again, vote, make your voice heard uh, so that these people can hear your voice.
and uh, miscellaneous on Twitter. Uh, that that is an awesome Twitter handle, by the way. It's m s, elaneous, fifty six. Uh, probably one of the the best Twitter handles I've seen in a while. So credit to you, kudos to you for that awesome Twitter handle. Um, she said, the four Texas Republicans voting against Harvey Aid had a choice to pick full hypocrisy, or full stupidity. They chose stupidity, and I think she's absolutely right. And uh, you know, I, I truly hope um, that the Texas voters will show those people the door um, because, oh man, like the words cannot describe how angry and frustrated I am at those four. Um, it's your own state, man. And even if it wasn't your state, like people are suffering. People of your country, citizens of your country are suffering and you're gonna say no to them you know, um, the, the two biggest words that come to mind for those four is just fuck you, you know, um, those are the two words that I would have for those four set, for those four representatives in Texas. Uh, Catherine Rampel tweeted, Eric Bowling, who reportedly sent inappropriate texts to female colleagues, is now out at Fox News. Um, Fox News has had just a parade of people getting outed for uh, sexual misconduct with Fox News. Um, I th- I'm glad to see that happening, um, that those people are, are, are getting exposed and losing their positions, rightfully so. Um, I feel bad for those uh, females that were um, impacted by those individuals, um, but it's good to see that Fox News is trying to clean that up. Um, does that create new faith for me in Fox News and their reporting? absolutely not. Um, I don't view them as a news channel. I don't even view them as entertainment. Um, They're like background noise and I think people that watch them, um, you know, I wish they made better choices in life, but um, you know, it's it's a channel just like the other thousands that are out there. Um, I don't really put any weight to anything that's on any of their shows. I think they're absolutely full of shit. Um, but, you know, they exist, people watch them, nobody's gonna stop that, um, you know, to each their own, I guess, (laughs) that's all I can say about Fox News. Um, Chris Hayes tweeted out, it's probably not gonna help this guy, Eric Bowling's lawsuit against Yashir Ali, um, and Yashir Ali tweeted back to that, for those asking, it's unclear what's happening with his lawsuit against me. If he chooses to move forward, I look forward to his deposition and discovery. And, um, you know, for those of you guys that aren't aware, Yashir Ali was the guy that broke the news about this guy's uh, sexual misconduct with female colleagues. So, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see if he does still pursue a lawsuit after what's just taken place. Uh, Sean King tweeted out, pretty soon Fox News won't have anybody left to speak on the air. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Eric Bowling, Trump's close friend, denied this to the bitter end. And Josh Billinson tweeted out, Bill O'Reilly, Bill Shine, and Eric Bowling all out at Fox News in a six-month span. And Jason uh, Pinter, Pinter, not sure how you pronounce that, uh, tweeted out, I guess they drained the swamp. So that, that was pretty funny. 
Uh, Chelsea Simonovich tweeted out, this is like a quarterly event at Fox. And then, you know, we've been talking about disappointments in politics. Um, This guy's not a surprise because he was put in as the head of the EPA and everybody knew what was was happening. Um, But still, just the level of incompetence and stupidity here is at like an all-time high. Uh, so the EPA administrator, Scott Pruitt, talking about Hurricane Irma, the time to talk about climate change isn't now. Um, I thought that's unbelievable. I thought that is absolutely fucking insane. You've got two back-to-back hurricanes, Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma, both of them being described as a once-in-like-a-500-year event, right? Except it's one year. It's 2017, and both of those hurricanes happen back back and you've got the balls to come out in front of the public and tell everybody now is not the time to talk about climate change really can we not chew gum and walk at the same time can we not provide aid to those that are suffering in Texas and Florida and talk about and do more research on climate change and how we can have a more positive impact on the environment by changing how we consume uh, energy. Apparently to this guy, no. Um, But as you can imagine, there was a lot of outrage to what this guy said, and I'm gonna share some of that with you guys right now. Uh, So Scott Pruitt says, talking about climate change right now is insensitive to the people in Florida. Wow. Um, I think it's insensitive to taxpayers at this fucking point not to. And what I mean by that, guys, is, you know, I'm all for providing relief aid uh, to those that are suffering. I've got nothing against that. At the same time, let's ask the question, why? Why are we providing aid to these people? Uh, What is the cause would be the number one question, right? And what is the cause of these jacked up hurricanes with these faster and faster speeds. If you look around, the only thing that makes sense would be climate change. I hate to say it to those of you people that deny it, but, um, you know, there is no denying it in terms of science. Um, And, you know, if you want to have your head in the sand, all the power to you, but if you're truly a Republican and you're truly fiscally conservative, you should be in favor of trying to save money. And if you're spending a shitload of money on recovering uh, people from uh, hurricanes and assisting people from the effects of hurricanes, you should probably want to spend less money on trying to solve the issue of climate change because it would be less money than the billions and billions of dollars that are going to have to be spent in Texas, Florida, and God only knows where else um, because of these hurricanes. You know, and I go back to... uh, Republicans making fun of Al Gore um, and the movie The Inconvenient Truth. Um, So many people were shitting on him because what he was saying about New York, New York City, talking about how the World Trade Center site, uh, the memorial site, could get flooded. Everybody said, oh, you know, you're full of shit, that's never going to happen. Then Sandy Hook happened. Uh, People are making fun of Al Gore about Miami going underwater. Well, I don't think they're making fun of that now with Hurricane Irma. The only thing that's gone on 
is that his projections and an inconvenient truth for those two events were to happen way, way later, and they're actually happening even sooner than predicted. So these people that uh, want to, you know, say that climate change isn't real and, you know, Al Gore is full of shit and the scientists don't know what they're talking about, they're right in a way. Scientists don't know what they're talking about in the sense that their projections are way too far in the future and they're actually happening sooner than they projected. But that's about the only way that these scientists are wrong. And those of you that have that ignorant view without any type of backing about climate change, I don't even know what to say to you anymore. Um, you're just as broken as the Republicans that are obstructing things happening in Congress right now. And you're not doing any favors to your country. You're not doing any favors to the world with your views. Maybe you work for a coal mining company. Maybe you work for an oil company. Those would be the only valid excuses I could think of. Um, if you don't, then you're truly just an absolute fucking fool. And you buy into the Fox News propaganda. You buy into the Republican propaganda. And guess what? Fox News and the Republicans are, are spitting that out to you because they're getting paid to do that by the oil companies. So who's the fool now? It's you that buys into that shit. Uh, so Wajahat Ali tweeted out, it'd be nice to have a fully staffed EPA led by individuals who actually believe in climate change. And I agree with him 100%. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, Zach Whitaker tweeted out yesterday, we were talking about the Equifax hack where 143 million people in America had all their information breached. Their names, their birth dates, their credit card information, their social security number, all of those things in the wrong hands. And Equifax has the balls to make a website for people to check to see if their information has been hacked. But what's ridiculous about it is that in this website, you have to provide that personal information. You have to provide your last name and the last six digits of your social security number. And what Zach Whitaker revealed is that if you go to that site for Equifax and you enter in test as the name and then one, two, three, four, five, six as the last six digits of your social security number, it will say that your data has been breached. So basically he's pointing out that this website is a sham and that it's actually going to tell you no matter what your name or your social security number is that you have been breached even though it's possible that you may not have been. And not only that, but they're actually using it as a way to sell a product that Equifax sells for your protection. Um, it's just absolutely disgusting what's going on with Equifax. The fact that it took them 41 days before they even made it known to the public that that information was hacked um, is disgusting. The fact that they're now trying to profit from it by, by selling their services. Um, I don't know who's in charge there, but man, they, they have a lot to learn. Um, I think the outrage for this is, is growing on the internet. Um, so Kyle tweeted out that Equifax trusted ID protection uh, terms of service requires you to agree to private arbitration and waive the ability for class action uh, lawsuits. So if you go to this website and you enter your last name and you enter the last six digits of your social security number, before you submit, 
you are actually agreeing to the terms and service that you waive your right to be a part of a class action lawsuit. Um, so Christina Wilkie tweeted out, between requiring my social security number to check if my social security number was stolen and making me sign away my right to sue, Equifax seems to be botching this response, and I would agree with her on that. Uh, Jesse Opian tweeted out, Equifax, we may have exposed your social security number. Also, Equifax, give us your social security number and we'll tell you if we did. Also, Equifax, we actually won't tell you. Um, so very, very true. Uh, Zach Whitaker tweeted out, uh, PSA, if you check Equifax's site to see if your data was stolen, you waive your rights to sue Equifax or be part of a class action lawsuit. So again, just making that point clear, I wanted to broadcast that on the podcast as well in case any of you guys are concerned about that um, and, and are possibly thinking of going to this website. Keep that in mind. Um, although there's some developments here, which I want to share with you guys too. Uh, so Eric Schneiderman, uh, who tweeted out, this language is unacceptable and unenforceable. My staff has already contacted Equifax to demand that they remove it. And what he's talking about is that ability for them to say that you waive the right to be a part of a class action lawsuit. So uh, awesome on Eric Schneiderman for coming out to do that. Um, Eric Geller tweeted out, at this point, I'd almost rather have my identity stolen then receive another Equifax-related PR pitch. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, again, going back to Hurricane Irma, uh, Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida, will close for at least two days due to Hurricane Irma, and this is only the fifth time in history that uh, Walt Disney World has shut down. Um, so that shows you the impact that Hurricane Irma is having on all of the state of Florida, including uh, Disney World. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out, anger makes you more honest, according to studies. Uh, I would think that's true. You guys have probably seen that just in this podcast alone. When I get angry or passionate about a subject, I just kind of go off and I spit, you know, facts. Um, you know, I, I think that's true. I think when you're angry, uh, a lot of times, you know, if you're, if you're in a relationship and you're angry with the person that you're with, a lot of times, you know, and sometimes it could be uncomfortable, but, you know, you'll spit out to each other some pretty hard facts um, that, you know, can be uncomfortable, but, you know, they are true. Um, I, so I do agree with that study. I think that is true. You know, if you're angry, a lot of times, like, the truth comes out that way. Um, the New York Times tweeted out this image of Hurricane Irma becoming the first Category 5 hurricane uh, to make landfall in Cuba since 1924. And you see this devastating image of, of a person that's walking through the street and just the destruction uh, in Cuba that Hurricane Irma has wrought. And it's, it's uh, man, it's crazy. And uh, to think that that type of destruction is, is headed Florida's way, um, you know, thoughts and prayers and, and well wishes to everybody in Cuba and also uh, for those that will be impacted in Florida, just devastating images there. Uh, some really, really sad images. Um, but this is what I was talking about earlier. This is from uh, CBS 13 News. Uh, the path for Hurricane Irma has changed slightly. It's a little bit more to the left. Um, it is still considered to be a Category 4, 
uh, but as they note here, CBS 13 News, uh, it still has that potential to get back into being a Category 5. Um, and it's showing the pathway, the time frame. Uh, Saturday at 2 o'clock, it's going to be in between uh, Cuba and Florida. Sunday at 2 a.m., it is going to hit Florida. Um, and Monday at 2 a.m., it's still going to be in the middle of Florida. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a scary scary situation um you know all of my thoughts are with the people in florida right now um and i think those of you guys that are watching and listening the same is true um you know if you're watching or listening in florida or if you're in texas as well with the devastation that harvey caused um you know know that we're all with you um and yeah it, it's it's uh it's crazy. It's crazy to, to see this happening. Um, you know, it being hurricane season, of course, you know that these things are bound to happen, but never to this extent, never to these types of speeds and this type of destruction. Um, you know, hopefully everybody stays safe and uh, the least amount of damage possible happens, you know? Um, but from that story to, you know, speaking of disgusting things in politics, uh, Donald Trump, for those of you guys that don't know, spends a lot of time in his place in Mar-a-Lago. Um, before anything has even happened with hurricane damage, Mar-a-Lago is getting $17 million. Um, yeah. If there's not a criminal investigation about that, there should be, I think. Um, not to say Mar-a-Lago won't be impacted by the hurricane, but the fact that there's already money going to Mar-a-Lago before anything even happens, that's a little bit suspect to me. Um, so then there was this image, this tweet uh, of from Chris at HG underscore H-O-H-B-E-S on Twitter. He said that he went to see the movie It, um, and said when he was the first one to get there, this is what he saw when he got there. There's a guy dressed up as a clown, uh, like the character from It, and he's got a red balloon. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty, pretty interesting. Chris was asking, you know, what would you do if you went to see the movie It and you saw that clown sitting there with the red balloon? Um, I, I would say that I would laugh. Um, I just find it hilarious. Um, then Chris was saying, now he's wandering around in the theater. Uh, ben Brooks tweeted out a little bit concerned. He says, you know, Chris, it's been two hours. Are you still alive? I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but going from the movie It to another clown, if you will, Roger Goodell. Uh, how do you like that transition? I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Sports Illustrated tweeted out, Everybody would be better off if Roger Goodell conceded some of his disciplinary power, and I would agree. Um, he has looked like a fool with what happened with Tom Brady and Deflategate. I said Inflategate yesterday, my apologies, Deflategate. Um, he looks like a fool with what's happening with Zeke in Dallas. Um, you know, maybe he should learn from it and kind of back off a little bit um, and let the arbitrators decide these things. Um, yeah, I, I know 
the owners love Roger Goodell. I know the NFL has made more and more money. I know the NFL has made more and more money under Roger Goodell. Um, you know, and there's a lot of good things that Roger Goodell does. But I think when it comes to discipline, uh, you know, maybe he should hire somebody that would be in charge of discipline. Um, maybe he should back off a little bit because he's making his public persona look worse and worse. And he's becoming, much to my surprise, I never thought there would be a commissioner in a sports league that could be more hated than Gary Bettman in the NHL. Um, because every time that Gary Bettman does an awards show or you know goes on the ice and awards the Stanley Cup, he is booed every single place he goes. Uh, Roger Goodell is becoming just like that just like that and it's because of the fact that he's kind of going to the extreme when it comes to uh, discipline and I, I, I think that he would be better served if he just kind of backed off a bit um, my opinion of course um, another really interesting tweet which I saw just before we started this podcast actually um, so an interesting tweet came out uh, from John Mayer, of all people, um, and he tweeted out, I spend an in- inordinate amount of time per day wondering if Nicki Minaj would like me or not. And randomly, Nicki Minaj actually uh, tweeted back at him, would my body be your wonderland? <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Um, and... Apparently, it caught John Mayer off guard. He didn't know how to respond to that, um, and I thought that was great. Um, but I just thought that that was so funny. I tweeted out, oh shit, to that, you know, with the laughing LOL uh, emoji. Um, that, was, that was pretty funny. That made my day to see that. Um, then there was this awesome video. Uh, if you haven't seen it before, I encourage you guys to search for the first one. Uh, Vincente Fox has tweeted out some amazing videos bashing Donald Trump. This one was no different, and I wanted to play this for you guys because I think that this Hello? is hilarious. Hello, it's me, Vincente Fox, with another message for last year's rotting Halloween pumpkin. Donald, every time I make fun of you, which I do a lot, people say, why can't you be our president? America, I feel your pain. We all do. And that is why today I'm proud to announce my candidacy for President of the United States. Me, right? Take your goat. Now I know, a lot of you will say, how can you be president? You're a Mexican. (laughs) And to those people, I have three words. Donald, fucking Trump. (laughs) If that were not baseball glove, tightly gripping a turd can be president, then amigos, anyone can. America, I ask for your votes. And in return, these are my promises. I promise to save the American taxpayers money by having teeny little inauguration. Bigger than Trump's, of course, but still very, very 
small. I promise to put together a competent cabinet after this current <laughs> disgrace. <laughs> Donald, you have the worst team since the team that was beaten by Air Bud, a basketball playing golden retriever who has no hands which are so, so necessary for the sport of basketball. I promise to build a beautiful wall, and believe me, Mexico will be happy to pay for this one. Unless Donald has moved to a new home, which already has a wall. I promise to never defend Nazis. Donald, what the fuck is wrong with you? Now I was going to promise to undo all of Donald's hateful legislation. But amigo, you haven't passed a fucking thing. I'm not even president yet and we have both passed the same amount of substantial legislation. I, a foreigner who lives in another country, have passed zero. And you? The President of the United States have also passed zero. I got the zero without even trying to pass anything. And you? You're trying your hardest, but you are also still at zero. Donald, you suck so much at this job. If they ever do a Mount Rushmore for shitty presidents, it will just be your bloated orange head for times. Yuck. Now, America, I know campaigning is more than just promises. You want the razzle-dazzle. Some of our local musicians have helped me with a campaign song. Now. So I have ordered five million of this. Always ask before grabbing a pussy. You like? I have some other ones. 65 million is more than 62 million. Putin is not my puppy. Trump has baby fingers. Not afraid of stairs. America, the rest of the world looks up to you. We're counting on you. So you don't have to vote for me. But please, elect someone who will make a better president than Donald Trump. Like this mug or this tape, hell, at this point, we will even take Another bush. <laughs> this ad was paid for by the ghost of Donald Trump's dead dad who was looking up from hell with shame in his eyes. 
So yeah, I thought that that was absolutely hilarious, Vincente for President. <laughs> Man, uh, I, I, I don't know if he did that all himself, or he must have had some comedians working with him on that, because that was too funny. Um, but that definitely made my day when I saw that video. Vincente Fox, if you didn't see the first video that he did against Trump, that was also just as funny. Um, but this maybe even was like on another level. Um, really, really funny stuff. Um, I definitely wanted to share that with you guys on the podcast. Uh, so the other thing coming from Newsweek, speaking of Donald Trump, is that apparently he's so petty that he complained uh, that the Kuwait leader's plane was longer than his, continuing his peculiar obsession with size. And that's, it's just sad, man. At a certain point, it's just like, you know, let it go, you know, let it go. Exactly like what uh, Vincente Fox was saying there. Um, and I gotta say, you know, if Vincente Fox was running and I was able to vote, uh, I would vote for Vincente Fox over Donald Trump. I, I think just the campaign alone, just those five minutes right there, it's, it's better than any ad I've seen in politics in a long time. Um, and the last thing we're going to talk about on the podcast is something I think is hilarious, and I've got to give Bartolo Colon a lot of credit. Uh, we were talking about our merchandise, um, you know, we were talking about the shirts that we're going to be making for Papa John's Brain Droppings podcast, the possibility of even going so far as to sell panties for Papa John's Brain Droppings podcast, um, you know, and, and you know, uh, the person I was talking to at that company, uh, you know, was saying that that was a possibility, that we could even make panties, we could make babies clothing, we could do bibs, there's so many different items we can make. I was saying, oh, you know, panties might be a little bit much. But then I saw this, and I became inspired, because of Bartolo Colon, if he can have a giveaway for shirts that says that say Big Sexy on the front and the back, um, I think that Papa John's brain droppings can make panties. <laughs> and I feel like if we do make panties, uh, that we've got to have a promo code for it. And if we do have a promo code, that the promo code where you could save 20% off of those panties would be uh, all one word, cover your cooter, um, you'd save 20% off that promo code. Um, so, again, I don't know if that's actually going to be a product that we sell, but I've got it all planned out if we do. Um, definitely the shirts will be coming, um, so let us know if you'd be interested in that. Um, let us know what your thoughts are on this podcast. Always uh, interesting to hear what you guys think. Um, but, you know, that will do it for today's episode of Papa John's Brain Droppings Podcast. Thanks for watching. Um, again, uh, you know, I encourage you guys to vote and check out Maxim's Finest. Uh, please make sure that you do vote for Anna. Uh, there's actually now four days left. Uh, there's two different ways you can vote. You can vote through Facebook. You can vote with the Warrior Vote. If you vote with the Warrior Vote, uh, a portion of the proceeds benefits homes for wounded warriors. Uh, so please check that out. Uh, please help Anna win that vote. Um, as we get closer and closer to the end of that vote, just four days left. Um, so that will do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for watching and listening, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.